When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. Today's guest is Bobby Mason. Bobby is CEO and president of Spock Automation, an innovation company making automation technology for the upstream and midstream markets of the oil and gas industry. While Bobby's expertise is on the technical side and it can't be matched, his true passion is team building and educating others on the importance of a winning culture and how it contributes to the success of any business regardless of current market conditions. And I think that last piece there is the real distinction with Bobby and why I really enjoyed this conversation. If you remember back, Tony Shea once said that Zappos was not a uh, shoe company with great customer service. It was a great customer service company that sold shoes. And I think that's kind of the same thing here as what Bobby is, is doing at Spock Automation. Yes, they, they do find motor controls and things like that for the oil and gas industry, but they're really an organization that is about helping each other out, building a great culture, and and uplifting everybody that they come in contact with, whether it's customer, whether it's client, whether it's worker, whether it's friend, family, whatever it is. This organization is really a great culture organization that happens Uh, to work in the oil and gas industry. So with that backdrop, I want you to know that I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. Bobby and I had an amazing discussion really about culture. Uh, I think that was really the the crux of this conversation. We do talk a little bit about what Spock does and, and their importance to the oil and gas industry, but we really focus on this culture piece. And you'll see why Spock Automation is such a desired place to work. So with that, Join me in welcoming Bobby Mason to the Responsible Leadership Podcast. Bobby, thanks for being with us. Earl, it is a true pleasure, and I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Oh man, um, yeah, no, listeners, you are in for a treat. Uh, you know, Bobby and I've been working on putting this show together for a little while now. We both had some scheduling things that kind of got in the way uh, throughout the the past few months, and I have I've just been extremely excited to have him as a guest on this show because I love the stuff that he's been doing over at Spock Automation uh, with their culture and and everything, the innovation. Uh, it's just a great organization, folks, and I'm, I'm happy to introduce you to them today. Uh, but before we get into that piece of the conversation, Bobby, I got to start you out where I start off everybody on the show. When you hear the phrase responsible leadership, what does that mean to you? Honestly, I think I could sum it up in one word with a description behind it, and the word would be privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a privilege when you work with incredible people that are 
focused and rowing the same direction, that have bought into uh, your culture and your purpose. And we have something here at Spock Automation that we we call lift up. It's and that is that culture and and being able to to just be at the helm with such incredible uh, innovation built into the core of who we are and and people that believe in what they do. It, it's a privilege. No, I love that. I mean, and, and that is a great way to look at it. That's, you know, one of the things when I'm working with leaders one-on-one is, you know, I, I really try to stress to them that piece that you just said there, because you know, all too often leadership gets looked as something that, you know, somebody above you can come down and say, Hey, you're now, you know, this division chief and you're the leader of that division. And, and you really got to see it as the privilege that it is to lead other people and generate that buy-in and that followership because if people aren't following, you ain't leading, right? That is exactly right. Uh, that that uh, that culture, we actually worked on this culture here at Spock for quite a while. Uh, the genesis actually of our company was a spinoff of uh, uh, my my. I had the privilege of my father having a uh, another company prior to this this one, and uh, uh, he and I are partners in in this business. But the previous company he sold to a uh, a multinational, and they had a really toxic culture. And uh, I worked for them for a little while, and I just literally could not stand it um, the way they were treating our people. Um, and, and the culture was not one that was uh, favorable for growth of the individual, of the, of the company. And so when I left, it was in my youth, I would have said it was because they made me mad. <laughs> uh, in my latter years now, I, and a little bit of wisdom, it was 100% a, a culture misalignment. And, and so we have founded this company now for 20 years. We have been working on culture and we formalized the culture. Uh, in the eight year, nine years ago, we started working on it really uh, beyond just um, something that we talked about. Uh, I had the privilege of sitting in a, uh, in a meeting, uh, a presentation, by Jim Olampe and, and he got to talking about um, scalability and growth and and we started we started doing a deep dive and and really to scale a company one of the things you have to really have is effective communication and we did uh, we had good communication as a company as we were growing and growing and and that that culture we already had developed but not formalized was one of the key elements and as we moved further and continued to grow and had rapid growth um, I actually hired a consultant to come in and and work with me and the company to um, to formalize some of our some of our processes so that we could scale the company to a much much larger uh, growth pattern and one of the first things the consultant asked me was, tell me about your core values, your purpose, mission, and your culture. And I said, man, I just went to raving about the culture and, and that kind of stopped. And he said, well, what about the, uh, the core values? And I said, well, you know, I've dealt with a lot of Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies in my career. And you'll have a gentleman or, or lady come in and they flip a happy brochure down in front of you. And it talks about their culture and their purpose. And those individuals no more live it than the man on the moon. Mm-hmm. And I find that quite disingenuous. And so I have never put a formal program together because I want to be the guy that if I tell you it's going to rain, you need to take your umbrella to work. And as such, uh, he, he, we, we went into some deep, deeper conversations, but he, he took a stand and, I, and I, I really honored him 
or, or respect his, his honor in that he said, I will not uh, take you on as a, as a client unless you'll read these, uh, these papers that he gave me, which were a few Harvard Business Review uh, white papers on culture, on hiring and firing uh, based on culture. And as I read it, I had a lot of respect for the companies that, that, that they had done the studies with. And it really resonated with me that we really do need to formalize our culture and our core values, purpose and mission. And it does need to be stated in writing and it needs to be something that we live up to. We were already living up to it. It was just a, an informal process. It was kind of fascinating that as we progressed and he decided, I read the information, cried uncle and said, you're right, I do need to do it. Uh, we started the process, we, we left for a few days, the leadership team went off site so we would have no distractions and really focus on it and strategic planning. Uh, we got a, uh, into the, the exercise and he, he had, had told us it might take you 18 months, some companies as much as two years to really dig deep and, and figure out what your core values are. And I, I laughed and said, oh, we know who we are. And he, he reciprocated with a, a louder laugh and said, yeah, you and every other client that I've ever talked to has made that comment. And we moved on a little bit and went through an exercise. And in 45 minutes, my leadership team had completely agreed on and had unity on what our core values are. And as a result, um, we knew immediately, committed, caring, passionate, solution-focused, and gratifying were what our core values of the company were. And literally in 45 minutes, we had it, and, and he even admitted uh, that evening at dinner, he said, I, you guys are amazingly aligned. I've never worked with a company actually that didn't have a formal process that knew exactly who you are. And I said, well, it's, you know, after leaving a toxic place and knowing what I wanted to build, it was not that hard because I handpick at, at the early stages and, and set the tone of what's expected. Uh, we, we moved on and, and we formalized it even more. And that's really where we came up with Lift Up. And that is the, the, sum, the summary of our entire culture, which is, is how we look at Lift Up, is that you lift up yourself. You got an opportunity here at Spock so that you can not only make a career, but a good life for yourself and your family. And as far as you're willing to work hard and, and have a great attitude, it will take you it will take you places and then we lift up our customers obviously uh, by the the technology and the services that we provide them to help them be more profitable and do things uh, in a smarter way we lift up our community we lift up our 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 company obviously we we, we have to do that we lift up each other because every single person is important the person on your left and right's here for a reason and if they're not, then they shouldn't be. And ultimately, we believe that we lift up this country through the, through the ideas, through the products that we make, because we're in the energy uh, and, and controls business. So we control um, uh, electrical motors in the oil and gas industry. And then we also have a lot of other things that we do in microgrids. And, and so we're really an energy company or we help energy companies develop process and 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 get energy to the country and that that world that's that's one of the great drivers in the world economy it helps us with natural uh, our national security and really a quality of modern life as we know it and so we believe that from the individual all the way through your your teammates through the whole company our customers our community the entire country can be lifted up by what we do for a living. Mm. And uh, so that's really the genesis of our culture and, and how we put it together. 
Yeah, no, um, oh, I love everything that you just shared with that story there because it is so powerful. And, you know, there, there were a bunch of things that you said there. The I'll, I'll kind of go back from uh, the most recent that, that really stuck out with me is the, you know, about the person on your left and right. That, that's the whole reason when I started the leadership phalanx, uh, we, we settled on the, the phalanx because that's what it is. It's about covering down on the person to the left and right, working together, protecting each other and, and building that bedrock foundation of, of support where everybody uh, really does rely and can rely and depend on one another. But, you know, going back to something you said earlier on with a consultant and, and you know, I'll agree with it most of the time. And, and what you said about uh, working in other organizations with core values, I can't tell you how many times and I'll agree 100 percent and shout it from the rooftops along with you. I've seen organizations that have the prettiest, most polished, nicest looking signs hanging up with their core values and mission statement. And like you said, you, you can't find a single person walking the hall that could tell you what they are or that really, you know, uh, hire, fire and live by those core values. And so what I think you all did, you know, was is you where that magic sauce was for the 45 minutes is you all already had them. You hadn't written them down, but everybody knew them. And so it was basically just like, yeah, this is what we do. Uh, and, and and that, to me, is is more powerful than than the opposite. Because a lot of these organizations, you go in there, they'll, they'll go and they'll pick these fancy buzzwords that make everybody feel good and sound good, but they, they don't know how to live by them. You did the opposite. You lived it, and then you put it into wording, and, and you saw it for what it's supposed to be, in my opinion. Core values, mission statements, those things aren't just wall art. I explained it to, to one client. I said, you are entering into a contract with yourself and the people that you work with that this is the standard of the organization. And it sounds like you all already had that before you decided to put words to it. So that's an amazing story, Bobby. I love it. Well, Earl, I'll tell you another little little story off of that is after he told me, you know, most companies... 18 months, two years to really flesh it out. And you guys did it so quick and you're so aligned. You know, have you ever had that, that aha moment where you go, I wonder if I have just BS to myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause it's too and, easy. And right? so I literally, we, we took uh, a couple of months and even though we knew the right words, we took, we took a couple of months as a leadership team to define what our definition, the Spock definition of committed, caring, passionate, solution-focused, and gratifying is, so that it wasn't a Webster definition. It's truly ours. But then I actually went to the uh, extreme, which uh, or everybody around here would probably say that's normal for me. I, I hired a second consultant to come in and they sat with our team members out on the production floor, in the in the warehouse, in engineering, sales, purchasing, accounting. Just they spent time doing the job with them, doing interviews to see if we had kitted ourselves. Have we drank our own Kool-Aid? Uh, and they came back with this really nice, you know, 60, 70 page report. And he slid it across the desk and he said, Bobby, this is going to read like a complete kiss butt paper. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, well, I don't want that. He said, I did. F you have something incredibly special here. Very, very unique. But I did find a few areas where I think you can uh, you can improve. I said, well, skip all the, the flowery stuff. I don't care about it. Tell me where we can get better. And so he, he illuminated something that I had, it was a blind spot in my, in my vision and really the, the vision of the entire uh, leadership team. And that was uh, these, these men and women that are the true craftsmen that are putting this, these electronics together, that are doing the shipping and the receiving and, and the, the wiremen and, and all of these, these folks that don't have the privilege of being customer facing, they didn't have closure. They didn't have the feedback and the privilege that, that myself or the sales team 
would have or the, or the support engineers where they're actually talking to the customers to find out, did you really like what I did? I mean, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into to building this product and have it look pristine and professional. And did it work? Did it solve your problem? And, and so we actually, uh, we took it upon ourselves to try to fill that gap. And we put a video together and it's a lift up video. And that video was, I went with the film crew myself. Um, we went out west, we filmed a bunch of customers to get some, some feedback that I could share internally with, with these employees. And then we also did, unbeknownst to them, they had no idea what we we're doing because there's always uh, a, a video camera or a camera floating around here because we, we just love documenting uh, what we do and have a lot of fun doing it. So we did these interviews, both internal and external, and we put together this video for our award ceremony, because at the end of the year, we get together and celebrate our core values. We, If you go to our website, you, you'll see a picture of our core value challenge coins. And those are, with your military background, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They're military coins right. that, that we had. Uh, that's where I got the idea from. And we had them uh, custom designed with each one of our core values and a symbol. Uh, and then our logos on the back. So they're big, beefy, you know, military coins. Um, I, I, then each of the employees, as they're going through their daily activities, if they catch a fellow employee living out our core values, they nominate those individuals. And every week in our leadership team, as we kick off before we ever get into the financials or any of our dashboards and all the metrics, we actually look at core values and innovation awards. And so they nominate and then we weight it against our definitions and sometimes they don't get it. We don't give them out like water. But every single individual that gets nominated is now in front of the entire co company's uh, leadership team is aware that Joe or, or Jane has done X, Y, Z and is worthy of recognition. So that recognition is there. And then we award those coins. And at the end of the year, we have a big award ceremony and that at that lift up award ceremony, we give out awards for core values. Um, we actually pick the one individual that if we shipped that individual to Mars and they couldn't speak one lick of Martian, that individual through their deeds and actions would represent Spock Automation and what our core values are. And then there's a monetary prize. They could care less about that. They get a gold lift up coin and that one is the, the coveted prize. So at that award ceremony, sorry for the for the small detour there, a little no, background info, I showed that video that we had put together at the initial lift up um, award ceremony. And I literally had grown men and women, but some I'll say some seriously burly men in tears and a standing ovation at the end because it was the first time they had had closure and, and been able to see and hear from the customers their perspective of what they think Spock Automation is about. And, and they've put in all this, they've bought into what, who we are, they believe in LiftUp, and now they're actually gratified because they're able to, to get that feedback. So. Not only was that initial consultant important, that second one that actually helped us find blind spots after we had gotten down the road a little bit, in my opinion, was just as valuable, if not more, for our long-term success. And we've built off of it since then. Oh, yeah. No, again, so much there. Like, I love it. I love everything you just said there. And, and, and you know, first off, uh, the those challenge coins are there's no other word for it, but sexy. Like I want to throw down an application so I can get, uh, uh, get, get a set because those things, uh, they, they look amazing. And, and I can see exactly why and how it would tie those things together because 
you know, again, you can tell just by looking at it that this isn't something that you just did kind of on a whim. There's a lot of thought, a lot of design uh, that went into it. And and they are literally, uh, I quote this uh, quite a bit, and I I don't think I've ever actually got to quote 100% correct, but uh, Napoleon was once famous for saying, you know, if I had enough ribbons and baubles, I could conquer the entire world. And, And you harness into this, the point being that people love to be recognized for what they accomplish. And by simply giving out a coin, by simply and and being recognized by their peers, not even necessarily their their managers, their leaders, although that has some a little extra value to it as well. But when the person standing to the left of you and the right of you recognizes that you're doing it, that that's amazing as well. So for kudos on that. Second that video, uh, if it's the one that I, I saw, uh, I think maybe it was a couple years ago and you all were out in like Midland, Texas or something like that. Great video. The production team did a fantastic job with that. But I'll tell you, one of the things that I noticed when I was watching it, and this this really, I think this was a really powerful moment for me. And, and I don't know if anybody else has pointed this out to you or not, but one of the, the customers said that they made a remark about the quality of the enclosures of your equipment. And that really got me because I'm sitting here thinking like, and I can see exactly what you're talking about there because how many times does the, the, the man woman on the line who's welding those beads, who's putting a metal box together, maybe in the grand scheme of things, most people would say is, is, you know, okay, well that's fine. It's a box, but to have, a team that cares so much about putting everything together that the customer can sit back and be like, man, that's a, that came in a nice package. Like that, that had to be, that had to be great for whoever those assembly people were to line that put that enclosure together. And, and I'm just kind of curious, like once that video came out, I mean, you said you got the tears and all that, but I'm, I'm assuming it, even aside from the tears, there was probably like a, a we always talk about like electricity of, of people who were recommitted as committed as they were before recommitted to those values. Right. It, it truly is. We, we actually, uh, we just held our, uh, two and a half weeks ago, we had our annual, uh, award ceremony and we went to a local barbers, uh, motorsport museum. We shut down the company for the day and we, we honored those individuals. Uh, we have three areas we honor, which is one is tenure, years served, um, and we give some awards for that. We, we give a, uh, an innovation award in three different, four different areas of the company where we're constantly challenging the status quo um, and we, we look for innovation. And even though we may get patents and we have incredible automation of products, the the guy in the production, the guy in the warehouse, if he can improve his process, improve the company, then he's up for an innovation award too. So we actually broke it into sales and marketing as a bucket, uh, operations, technology, and uh, and then we take these different groups and we we give them a, we we bring up uh, all the innovation during the course of the year gets recognized and that's in our leadership meetings. And then we reward for that too. So they get recognition. There's financial rewards for the the ones that were most impactful in those four different operational groups. Um, and then we do the lift up awards. And I'm going to be honest with you. This year, now we we're we're a 20 year old company. It still gets people so excited. Um, and we had such great news because we had an incredible downturn during COVID. We had not only the COVID battle, um, we were in, we, we are a prime, we're a primary company. We, we have a family of companies. You have Spock Automation, Spock Grid Inverter Technologies, and then Spock SCADA, which is our monitoring software. And so they, they, the, the, the oil and gas industry is really where Spock Automation is core competency is that's where the majority of our products are and go and during the pandemic as you may recall uh, the oil business crashed severely Mm -hmm. 
And we've been through several crashes before, but nothing to the magnitude of what the world shutting down causes. And so instead of burying our head in the sand and crying about it, we took the a different approach and our, our culture got field tested and came out not only battle tested, but hardened and everyone dug in even deeper. And so what we did uh, is, is we actually kept all of our folks. We shut down except for emergency bills during, during the, the heat of the thing, but we're, we were not essential. So we stayed open here from a production and, and we had been wise. I'd love to say that I was brilliant, but that would be a lie. Um, we moved to the clouds. We've been on, we were an early adopter to Salesforce and we moved the entire business over on the clouds uh, seven years ago now. And we moved from five business systems to one. We are, our ERP, MRP system sits on top of Salesforce. So literally everyone could go home when we shut down and work 100% remote instantly. Just no, no ifs, ands, or buts. But you can't build product that way. So the production team buckled down. The rest of the folks in the company kicked in the innovation train. And we came out of that pandemic with patent applications. We started a brand new company, which is our uh, spot grid inverter technology company, which utilizes our exact same hardware, but with different software solutions. We've, we've come up with all of this innovation and it was, it was actually one of the things I'm really proud of the team for doing during that time frame was we realized that a lot of people were going to lose their jobs in the oil and gas industry. And so what we decided to do, and it was, it was a grassroots native thing from the team, was to come up with something we call two-minute drives. And those two-minute drives were a series of videos that we had engineers, field service, sales, management, engine, uh, the, the, the whole the tech support team. Everybody jumped in and started making these little two to four minute videos that would share our intellectual gifts and, and knowledge with the industry so that you could watch it and learn about variable frequency drives, learn about this, how to fix this problem. And, and we started this series really to help people because this knowledge set is transferable to other industries. And so it was, a, it was our way to, to give a gift to those people that are in the electronics and, and power inverters industry that were in the oil and gas side of the business, information that could help them find new career paths in the future as well as help the existing customers that were staying in the industry. And it spawned off, I think we have 50 or 60, and then that spawned off into a, a new frequently asked questions video library that we started developing. We started a, a new customer portal on, online, and it, the, the innovation just, it just flourished, and it's 100% because they were trying to lift up other people and and it's one of those moments that really makes you proud in your career well yeah no a hundred percent and it and it absolutely should and and that that culture and, and again i love the name lift up um you know but but that's exactly it right and that's that's what i wish more organizations would would really embrace and really grasp is taking the time and effort to to make sure that these things are in place, that that is, as, as Bobby just mentioned, and I hope all you business owners listening right now really absorbed everything he just said about the the automation, the innovation, uh, the spawning of new businesses, the, the spawning of all these new ideas because of culture, because of having that piece in place and and living by it and and being being true to your word, right? Because a lot of organizations during the pandemic, um, for lack of better terms, they, they ate themselves, right? They, a lot of groups sent people home to work 100% remote 
But then because they didn't have the culture in place, they didn't have the trust, they put systems, monitoring systems in place to make sure that your employees weren't uh, watching Netflix the whole time or whatever. When you have a culture in place where you don't have to do that, where everybody is, as, as Bobby said in the opening, rowing the boat in the same direction and lifting each other up, that trust is there and people don't want to see that organization fail because it's a unicorn. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, Bobby. What you guys are doing down there, it, it sadly is a unicorn and not the norm. And, and again, I just want to really say thank you for for doing the things that you've done. And, and from, you know, from the most junior person all the way up to, to you, um, just buying in and and really trying to make that shift in how workplaces operate. Because I really hope that folks are listening to this right now and they hear everything that you're saying and they go and for lack of better terms, they try their best to, to knock you off. Now, my caution to those folks is, is remember, this is special to Spock automation. You can mimic it, but don't try to copy it. This isn't cookbook stuff. Spock's magical because this worked for them. Follow the example. Find what works for your organization. But again, Bobby, I, I really love what you all are doing down there. This sounds like an amazing place to, to work. It truly is. And, I, and I'd like to actually echo exactly what you just said. It, it does work for us. And there are some great ideas and some principles there. But for someone to copy it, it wouldn't be genuine. And if it's not genuine, don't do it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you, we, we've we've talked again, kind of talking about your report. There, we talked a lot about the kind of the upside and all that. And and I'm sure that not every single person that walks through the doors buys in. And I think this is one of the things where I see a lot of leaders struggle with is is what to do when they have the person that just doesn't fit the culture. So, just curious. When you guys have somebody who comes on board that doesn't necessarily fit the Spock automation lift up culture, how do you all handle that? Well, we try to do a really good job on the front end so that we know what we're getting. We do, we do testing um, on the front end for the job description, but then we also try to do a lot of uh, good interviewing on the front end also to make sure and I, I literally have been it, it's kind of funny or I had a I had a, uh, a, a a gentleman come in and he was probably in his mid 30s and he was interviewing for a for a front office position um, actually in our engineering team and he made a few comments that were uh, I'll say flags on the field for me. And so I literally stopped the interview. We'd scheduled a 45-minute uh, interview, and, I, and we're about 10, 15 minutes in, and I just stopped it. I said, let me ask you a question. What do you really want to do in life? If, if you could do anything, money's not the object. You're, you're, you're financially sound. What would you really love to do? What what can you get passionate about? And he thought about it a little bit, and he, he mentioned a few things. He was kind of half-hearted about it. And I said, you're not passionate about what, what we want to do here. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I literally would love to help you find what you can be passionate about. I don't think you're going to fit in here because of a culture clash. You have a different definition of our core values. I went through, I go through the five, I name them, and then I ask them to give me their definition. There's no wrong answer, but we could tell immediately we were misaligned. And so I literally and genuinely offered, if I can help you find a career where you can be passionate and you can be aligned, I'll go out of my way to help you. But you're not going to work here because six months down the road, I'm going to be unhappy with you or you're going to be unhappy with us. And so we both have wasted each other's time and money. And so we literally 
he was kind of floored that I stopped the interview, but I did him a favor by not trying to change someone because you can't change people. Right. Right. That That's the, I always go back to the old uh, Maya Angelou quote that, that uh, people stop short of. And it says, when people show you who they are, believe them. And then they usually stop it there. But there's another uh, sentence that says the first time, uh, you know, and, and, and that's what you did. And, and again, I love that approach. And, and that is exactly what I was hoping to hear, folks. We didn't script that question. None of the questions here are scripted except for the first one. But that was exactly what I was hoping to hear, because, you know, that that is a sign of of your your attunement, your alignment and your confidence in what you all are doing and, and your your genuine, you know, this lift up, lifting up others, you know, trying to lift this person up who you've never met before this this interview to, to help them find success and organizations out there like it is so much more valuable to you to do what Bobby just did than it is to sit back and think, hey, I, I can make this square peg fit into our round hole because it's not going to work out. It, it never does. And in my youth, I, I thought I could change people. And you can round the uh, you can round the burrs off of a, a uh, unsmooth object, but you can never really change the overall shape of the object. And and here's the magic, right? So let's just say you're talking to this young, uh, young individual and, and their passion is, let's say they want to start their own oil company or, or whatever, right? Well, now, because you've helped this person and you've got them on their path, or maybe it's marketing or whatever their, their passion is, because you took the time when you absolutely didn't have to, uh, and invested in them and helped them find their passion. And, and and who knows, you know, maybe they're the next Elon Musk and you never know, right? But now because you invested in them, you have an ally in another field that you didn't have before. Well, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I also believe uh, that I have a... Uh, moral and spiritual obligation to also lift people up. I'm a man of great faith and and I take my faith serious. And if I'm not helping people, um, then I'm not doing what I'm called to do. No, I love it. I love it. Well, before we, uh, before we get out of here, um, I I really want to have this discussion because as you and I did talk kind of in the, in the, uh, the pre-show discussion there, um, a lot of folks have been listening to this and we, we really kind of hit the ground running with the, the culture and all those things. And it was great. Um, I really kind of want to destigmatize a little bit, if we can, this word automation, right? Because um, employers are a little scared of it at times because it's new technology. It's not cheap, those sorts of things. Uh, employees are scared of it because nine, nine times out of 10, the, uh, the organization doesn't do a good job of selling what automation is and can do. So all they see is automation is going to put me out of a job. As somebody who is in an automation field, what would you like to tell both sets of folks about automation? That is a great question. And it's one that you're right. There is a lot of misconception, but I'll, I'm, I'm actually really excited that that fear and that that anxiety that used to be, I'll say at DEFCON 8, has actually subsided some over the years because everyone has automation literally in their pockets every single day. If you don't believe that that iPhone or Android is automation, you're, you're mistaken. It is. Uh, you, you literally can run an office and a company through it, and that is automation. Automation is not something to replace people. It's something that improves efficiency. It, in our case, we, we, are, we do variable frequency drive automation, which is motor control. So we control motors that are on pumps and compressors and things of that nature. And then we bring in all of the, the variables from the field, levels and pressures and all these different sensors. 
And then we automate the process so that I can improve the efficiency and improve the production of your, say, pumps or compressors. Or if I'm going to automate your grid system, so you've got uh, you got generators, and I bring in a grid inverter and energy storage, I'm not replacing jobs. I'm literally improving the processes so that the workers that are in the field can actually focus on other things. They can focus on doing productive things like preventive maintenance, mechanical issues. If I can improve the electrical processes and automate, I'm going to lower their cost. I'm going to give them better efficiency and better information so that you can then solve problems when problems occur. So automation is really a tool to make you better. It's not something to replace jobs. That, that is a myth that has been debunked in, for years. Good, good. Well, Bobby, we've been chatting here for about a little over 40 minutes or so here. And, and brother, it has been just a fantastic conversation. Again, I'm a big fan of everything y'all are doing. I hope my listeners here uh, go and check out some of the videos. I'll definitely have some links to those in here because y'all have done a really good job with, with that, uh, putting the culture together. I mean, it is uh, it, it is a good example for folks to follow, uh, but you know, we, we did cover a lot of ground, but is there anything we didn't get a chance to touch on that you want to leave listeners with before we close out here? There he is, and, and I'm going to actually go back to culture, even though at heart, I, yes, I love, I'm a salesman, and I love my products, and I love our company, but I, one thing that I get asked a lot, because I do a lot of talks on, on culture and, and try to help people with what I have had the privilege of learning and, and living through, and that is that I get asked the question, that's all great and wonderful, Bobby, and probably makes you feel good, but is it profitable? Well, not only did I tell you the stories about the innovation that, that our culture built during adverse times, we have been recognized on the local level, the state level is one of the best places to work multiple years in a row. Last year, Inc. Magazine recognized us as one of the best places to work in America. Uh, that from a recruiting, from gaining more talent, customer awareness of what kind of incredible people they're working with. We also, in the last 10 years, uh, in the last decade, we've been th on uh, Forbes 5,000 fastest growing companies three times in the last uh, decade. So from an economic standpoint, I will say you cannot afford to not focus on your culture. I absolutely agree with that. It's uh, it's probably one of the best returns on investment that, that uh, an, an organization can make because you know, of all the things that Bobby mentioned just there, the, the recruitment, uh, but, but even just that, that retention and, and alignment and cutting down on mistakes and having people check each other and look out for each other in a positive way. Yeah, I don't think you can put a price tag on it, can you? You really can't. And that's, that's one of our, that's actually one of our core values, that gratifying coin is that, uh, we work hard at what we do, but we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And that is, that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, Bobby, so if folks want to find out uh, uh, more about you, more about the culture, more about Spock automation, where they want to be a customer or whether they just want to, you know, really kind of absorb themselves and what y'all are doing there um, or have you come speak for, uh, for their organization, what is a good place for them to, to look for you? That is uh, very much a uh, thank you there for that opportunity. And please visit us at SpockAutomation.com. That's S-P-O-C, Automation.com. Uh, we actually just launched our brand new website. We, we uh, have totally revised it. And if you go to the Lift Up section, that has a whole section about our culture. There's some... Uh, uh, videos and and pictures of a lot of the things I talked about. There's some downloads, and I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Robert L. Mason. So please feel free to reach out if I can ever be of assistance. Um, 
that's that's my purpose and that's why I was put here. Ah, I love it. And it shows. It shows, folks. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, I, I've given a lot of praise here for what you've done so far. I'm going to take a, a shot at doing it again. I mean, you are a perfect example of, of what happens when somebody has has found their calling, loves what they do, loves the people that they're doing it with, and is all about uh, creating success, period. Whether it's for themselves, their organization, or the people that are in it, creating success. And, and uh, the, the world needs more uh, Robert L. Masons. I'll go ahead and plant that flag in the ground right this second. Well, I'm a blessed man, and it was a blessing to be here today with you. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the, the conversation and the opportunity, and it's just a, a privilege to be here. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening, and if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X dot com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid.